Ah, the giant season goes from ugly to disaster. They go out to Vegas and lose to the Raiders 30 to 6, and they fall to just 2 and 7 on the season. On top of that, more bad news when it comes to injuries. It looks like Daniel Jones could end up being out for the season. Ties and I chat with former Giants and Raiders wide receiver Derek Hagan, not only about the loss, but about coaching alongside. Raiders coach Antonio Pierce at Arizona State. That's all coming up next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Blue Rush. It's our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Super Bowl champ Brandon London. And you know, joined by my two-time Giants Super Bowl champ teammate, the great, the honorable, Lawrence Tynes is in the building. We don't have Paul today. He's still out there in Vegas. He travels on Monday. But we do have a special guest, one of my boys, one of my former Dolphins teammates. But he played with the Giants for three seasons, from 2008 to 2010. He also played with the Raiders for two seasons, from 2011 and 2012. Uh, So he could give us a great perspective on both teams. The Giants got crushed by the Raiders, as you know, 30-6. to He also coached with... Antonio Pierce at Arizona State from 2018 to 2020. Let's welcome Derek Hagan in the building. D. Hagan, what's going on, my man? That's a lot of credentials. I get it right. There's a bunch of other teams you play for too, my man. Yeah, man, I was I was well traveled, but uh, that that's a, a a great introduction, man. The only thing is, I'm I'm missing. I didn't I didn't I don't have that that uh Super Bowl swag that you and Tynesy got. I missed I missed both Super Bowls that you guys got. But uh, other than that, man, it's uh it's a lot of fun. That's for sure. But appreciate you guys having me on. Did you guys were y'all did y'all overlap times? Oh yeah, me and D Hague were together eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, listen, fantastic. We'll get to the Giants Raiders game, but this dude, you talk about a football player, special teams, offense, anything you need it. And I think Derek, you could probably speak to that as why you probably stuck around as long as you did. But these young kids learn how to cover kicks, man, play special teams, and you'll make a nice little career out of it like you did. So yeah, no, I'm glad you're on. Thanks for coming on. We overlapped in 2008 with the Dolphins. Uh, we played there, and you moved on, play some places. But like, what's the like? Like Ty said, you did everything. So talk to the viewers right now. We'll get like, again. We'll get into the game as well. But but talk to the viewers about the key to longevity in this league, man. Man, I think it's just just doing things the right way. You know, understanding your role, and once you come into the league, you got to understand you're not going to be the number one guy. Everybody wants to be the number one guy. You know what I mean? But when you get to a roster, they already have a number one and number two receiver. 
on that roster, just if you're coming in as a rookie, you know, and I think, you know, for myself, uh, when I first got drafted to the Dolphins, you know, we had Chris Chambers, we had Marty Booker, and we had Wes Welker. So where was that going to leave me at? Yeah, I'm the new guy coming in, but I had to figure out a role. And the first first thing for me, it started on special teams. It started at, at, at Gunner, then learning how to cover kick, and then uh, just going out there and performing because I knew I wasn't going to get, you know, let's just say 40, 50, 60 snaps on offense. Now, I got about 30 but then I got another 30 on special teams because, you know, you, you'll play that many snaps. So that totals up to 60 snaps. But the more you can do, the better. And, and at the end of the day, it's a job and you want to stay as long as you can. And I just figured out my role as I got older. And, you know, even though I still trained as trained like I was a number one and made sure I was prepared and ready to go each and every day. And uh, I just went out there and tried to do it. You're a guy who made the most out of the business side of the sport. Again, like you said, a lot of guys are used to being number one. They want to come in, be number one. But then when the business hit them, they don't know how to adapt to the next situation. Uh, you got the chance to play with Antonio Pierce. You got to coach with him as well. I mean, talk about it, man. Like, I know we're kind of conflicted going into this game because you want the Giants to win. You want a good podcast. You need viewership. But then a guy like AP, you got to coach with him. What was he like in college? And are you surprised that he came out, galvanized that team, and got a win like this? No, not at all. Because one thing you're going to get from AP, he's going he's gonna to keep it 100. You know, he's going to uh, tell it like it is. And if you don't like it, you know, so be it. But – He's going to come in and he, you know, just from that standpoint, he wants his guys playing with a lot of swag, man. And I think uh, the way he played, when he put those pads on, you know, he wanted you to feel it. Just talking about that, you know, AP is a leader and a lot of guys can't do that. You know, some guys have it, some guys don't. But AP, I think he's got both because he understands the game as a player. And now he understands the game as a coach. And and you saw it today, uh, the way the Raiders played. Uh, they they really uh, came out ready to go. And, and you know, something happened in that locker room and he lit a fire up under those guys and uh, they came ready to play today. Yeah, I think this really just shows you the mental side of football, right? Like, it's the same roster. It's the same players. Everyone's the same except the messaging changed, the leadership changed, the swag changed. And, and, it, and it's crazy to me. And that's why I say to all my friends, and I'm sure people ask you guys the same things, people always say, well, Coaching is is this and coaching is that. I said coaching is the most important thing in the NFL. Of all the professional sports, I really do think coaching in the NFL matters more than any other sport, professional sport out there. And you saw what Antonio Pierce was able to do in five days' time, six days' time, maybe shorter than that because it played on Monday night. This team just looked completely different. You knew what they were going to look like just because of who AP is. The first drive, and we'll talk about Daniel Jones's injury – but Daniel Jones didn't play very well before that. You know, they were running the ball a little bit, but he missed some throws. But the way they came out and played, I mean, this team, who knows what can happen, right? You know, we saw Rich Passaccia do it a couple years ago, take them to the playoffs. They've got a good roster, but uh, I'm happy for AP because this sets him up, hopefully, to be given real consideration to get this head job at the end of the year. DA, that's one side of the high of football. Uh, interim coach winning his first game like that. The low, the other side of it, Daniel Jones coming back three games after a neck injury. And you can't blame it on the MetLife turf there because you're playing on some really nice grass. I've been to a Chelsea match on the pitch uh, there at Allegiant Stadium. That's good grass. For him to go down, again, the storyline of, of sport, each individual journey, like how, like what were your initial thoughts when you saw Daniel Jones go down like that? Well, obviously, you never you never want to see that 
a athlete go down. We know uh, injuries are going to happen, and it kind of, you know, sucks for Daniel Jones because you just paid him a whole lot of money. You know, now this injury just came up, and prior to the injury, it's not like he's been playing that well anyway. So injuries happen, and it's you got to have that next man up mentality. But at that quarterback position, you know, knowing that Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley is the face of the franchise – it makes it tough. You know, last week, uh, you know, starting Tyrod Taylor, now you're starting now, now another quarterback comes in. You know, it's just one of those things you got to deal with. It, 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 it sucks to be in Daniel Jones' shoes, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll have a uh, speedy recovery, get back. But now uh, it puts the Giants uh, in limbo at the uh, quarterback position. Guys, because of injury, like, like let's say, let's stop right now in terms of, let's say, Daniel Jones' career. Right now it's about him getting healthy and all that. Let's say he never plays down against the New York Giants. Would it would it be considered or compared to like a Akeem Nix or a Kenny Phillips to where it's like you saw the talent, the talent was there, but inju- injuries kind of stopped them from being from their uh, true greatness and being in like a Giants ring of honor, that sort of thing. Absolutely. It's a great question because we had so many players and Derek will remember this, Hakeem Nix. I mean, even Manny Ham had an ACL and then Steve Smith. I always say the USC Steve Smith. These guys never got the bag. That's the only silver lining for Daniel is he did get some money, right? If you think about Hakeem and Mario and and Steve Smith, these guys never got that second contract. And I get it. People would trade money for health. But this is a franchise-altering injury for the future, if that makes sense. This, because they paid him, because of where we're at in the season, there's eight games left, and it looks like it's an ACL. We don't know for sure yet. But if it is and he misses the next eight games and he has to have surgery and he's out for a year, you're talking November of 2024. What do you have to do in the meantime, right? To is you have to go get a quarterback. I don't know. Do you do you keep Tyrod Taylor one more year and think Daniel Jones is the answer? I just think this could be a a franchise altering injury. And we don't know all the specifics yet because we're recording this show right after the game, but Say this, tell them when to tell them right now, tell them what time it is times just so people. Well, just, yeah. Uh, so it's uh whatever it's eight, seven, 15 central time okay. post game, eight, 15 Eastern time. So I think it could be that kind of thing. And, and Daniel Jones has always been the, what if, right? What if the offensive line was better? What if he had a receiver? What if, what if, what if time's running out to be quite honest. And then this unfortunate injury happens and you hate to see it, but uh, teams have to move on. Businesses have to move on. And and quite frankly, they might just have to move on in the offseason. Yeah, there's two images in my head. Is one the, the picture of Brendan Brown and Joe Shane being at the USC-Washington game. And then you look at the Kyler Murray situation right now. When he had – he suffered his ACL injury, and he's not yet ready to play under a new coach – uh, it, you know, new regime down there in Arizona. So you look at the time on how long you think he's going to be back to 100%. Hagan, you've been in a lot of locker rooms, man, like just in terms of overall effort from what you saw today. You've been around a bunch of OGs in this game. You, what would you say? What were would, what would some of the, the top-notch players that you've played with? What would they say to the Giants players today in terms of the effort that was put on tape? You know, from that standpoint, it just it's, it's got to be better. Plain and simple, you know, uh, going into this game, you know, you knew on both sides of the ball, with, with a, whether it was the Giants or, was it, or the Raiders, both teams were struggling to score. All right, Both teams were at the bottom 
bottom of the league. I think they both are ranked 31st, 30 and 31st and 32nd in the league as far as uh, scoring is concerned. And that's been a huge issue for, issue for both teams. But they just got to come out and play. Uh, it's When you're on that football field, you got to forget about everything that's going on and just go out there and play fast. It's, it's, sometimes you're going to make mistakes, but as long as you're making mistakes at full speed, that's something that coaches can live with. And when it doesn't seem like you're out there giving maximum effort, you know, that's going to be a problem. And uh, that coaching staff and those players, they're going to have to look each other in the mirror and really try to figure this thing out because now you're sitting there at two and seven and still trying to figure out where you guys going to go from here. So when you're talking about judging effort, like how do you judge the effort or evaluate the effort on people jumping off sides on fourth and inches? And that, so those sort of self-inflicted penalties, you've been around a lot of great coaches in this game. What would they say to a squad? They tell you, settle down and get it together. I mean, when you look from look at, you know, the offensive line for the Giants obviously has been a huge problem all season long today, giving up eight sacks uh, to the Raiders. And and to me, pass rushing, offensive line play, you got to win your one-on-one matchups. And just looking at the Giants as a whole, there's not too many guys that are winning their one-on-one matchups outside of, let's say, Saquon Barkley and Kayvon Thibodeau. You got to be able to do your job and do it at a high level. And a lot of these guys right now, they're not getting the job done and it's starting to show up each and every week. Yeah, no, it's it's a huge challenge, Derek. What's the worst team you ever played on, like record wise, in the league? Uh man, I think uh, my last year, 2014, 2015, Tennessee Titans we were two and two and fourteen. So, and people ask me this, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass here, but I never, I was on a team seven and nine was our worst record, I believe, in Kansas City one year. The rest of my ten other seasons were all winning seasons, like nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six, whatever. What is that like, like in the locker room? Is that, I mean, two wins. So did you guys get the two wins early? Were they late, middle? But you guys probably knew you were out of it by November. Oh, yeah. We, I think, I believe we won the first game of the year in KC. We had beat the, beat the Chiefs. And then uh, I think we didn't win our next game until towards the end of the season. So that is tough. You know what I mean? Because obviously you come to work trying to do what you need to do. Obviously, the mental side of it, make sure you're paying attention to meetings, understanding your assignment. And then, you know, you go out there in the game and you, and you perform. Obviously, you're practicing all week and you're putting in putting in the time, putting in the effort, but the uh, results aren't showing. And that makes it tough, especially when you start racking up those losses week after week after week. That can, you know, destroy your team. And, and it's one of those things where you just got to figure out how to keep it together. You know, guys got to understand that, that, Everything is on tape, and that that eye in the sky does not lie. So if you're not out there giving maximum effort, even though you're out there, you know, you're not winning those games, coaches are going to be able to see that. But it just makes it harder and harder just trying to come to work each and every day and trying to be prepared when you're not getting those results that you want. Hey, I just pulled it up. Y'all y'all were 2-6 and six on October 26th and lost – or October 19th, 2-5 and five and lost 10 in a row. <laughs> See, I didn't even I know mean, that. That's, that tells you how bad it was. Ten right, because you, you try to forget it. So that was the Charlie yeah. Whitehurst, football Jesus, the first football yeah. Jesus, Zach Mettenberger, Jake Locker, Jordan Palmer. And, 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 and But there's similarities, right? Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito. You're going to see Matt Barkley at some point this year. When that guy gets hurt, it's tough to win in his league. It, it, it really is. And then, obviously, a guy you paid a lot of money to – this thing could spiral out of control. Um, you you hate it, but again, it's past and it's past the trade deadline. You're two and seven. It, nobody, you know, you got Matt Barkley. You don't have cap space. You've got Tommy DeVito. You just got to roll. Tyrod Taylor's on IR for four weeks. I mean, this thing is uh, could get ugly. And I, I don't buy into the 
let's play for uh you know draft position that'll all take care of itself you can still play hard and lose but don't go out there trying to lose games you know the fans want that because they want to get the first second third pick but you can guarantee these players that are getting a suit on sunday they're all going to go play hard they're trying to play for a contract they're trying to keep their job so that doesn't really happen well you know where your eyes are going to turn right ties to the coaching so you're yeah on the other this side is going to be interesting d Hague, you're on the other side of it now you talked about your worst year as a player. Now you're on the coaching side of it. It's a whole different emotion. And this is coming from a coach's kid. Y'all come home with something different with them losses like that, you know. So what's it? What tell, talk to us about your your worst coaching year and what was it like being on that side of it? Like what's Dable and Kafka and these guys going through? What's going through their heads? I mean, I think the biggest thing for them right now is is they're trying to figure it out. You know, obviously, you know, it's X's and O's is one thing, but the players still have to go out there and perform. Yes, you're 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 you know trying to put those guys in the right situations uh, to go out there and, and make plays, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. But it makes it tough on the coaches because you know you're putting in game plans, and you think by the end of the week you got the perfect game plan. You know, you're putting in long hours, 15, 16, I don't know, 17 hour days where you're up at the facility. And and at some sometimes you end up sleeping up there. You don't end up end up end up going home, seeing your family. And uh, you know, that can it can take a toll on you. But coaches gotta stay locked in and in tune to what's going on because like I said, they gotta be able to keep keep the players into the game and keep feeding these guys the right information to make sure that they don't lose that their ball club. Cause as you've seen this past week with the Raiders. They totally with Josh McDaniels losing to his ball club and obviously ends up getting fired. So I don't think that's going to happen with Dable. But uh, it's just one of those situations where they got to make sure they're 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 locked in and making sure that their players are are ready to go each and every week from here on out. I, I couldn't even fathom being on that side, right? Because you know the players they we, we get to go home. Like you go do your work and you come home, and and, and the coaches. It's why I never got into coaching. To be honest with you, it is I didn't want to do those long hours. I love the game so much. This is as close as I can get. And obviously I help around town with high schools and things like that, but I'm able to walk away when you're a coach, man, you are always looking for that little edge. How can I make my guys better? What can I do to make them more enthused or have a better practice? I mean, you guys, Brandon, you've lived this your whole life. Your father's a incredible college football coach. I just, uh, I have a lot of respect for the, the people that do that job, but uh, I, as you can see, that D. Hagen has wisely chosen to leave that profession and get into the real estate out there and talking about countertops and bathrooms over there in Scottsdale. Not a bad place to be to be out here doing no, some real it's estate. Not, baby. But just just to touch on that real quick, you know, obviously, uh, you know, playing with the Giants and being around Coach Coughlin, man, we really didn't have, you know, too many losing seasons. But one thing about Coughlin, man, he always, you know, motivated us and, and uh, you know, always had some type of uh, a message or scripture that he was, you know, giving us each and every day. And when you're on a losing team, that becomes difficult when you start hearing that stuff from a coach that that's, you know, give, trying to give you guys these motivational spe- uh, speeches and stuff. And it, it, it makes it tough when they're trying to get those things, especially when you're losing. You know, obviously the Giants as a whole, this whole season, it's it's we know Saquon Barkley is the guy. But outside of Barkley, it's like, who else is there? You know, there's nobody else that you can just sit here and say, yes, that's the guy, especially being myself, being a former wide receiver. It's like, OK, when I look out there uh, on the perimeter, I just don't see nobody that's an absolute threat. You know, obviously Sterling Shepard's still there. He's been banged up with injuries over the last few years. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins uh, uh, being there and, 
you know, uh, Darius Slayton, another guy out there, but it's just not a guy that's really a dude, a bona fide number one, where you, where you just know that they're going to go out there and make plays each and every week for the quarterback and put your team in, it, in the right situation to uh, uh, move, move the change down the field. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, let's see how they respond next week. Hmm. And uh, D.A., <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Against I don't, Dallas. I don't they go to that. Dallas next week. Go ahead. And that's, hey, and that's the game, but it's supposed to be the game of the week next hey, week. Hey, game oh, of the no. week. Hey, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> hey, happy claps. It's like the uh, Jersey Mike's commercial, you know, with the little wipers. <laughs> happy claps. You know how Danny DeVito does the, uh, hey, 12 and 4, 8 and 8, 10 and 6. Three years with D. Hagen in New York. It's pretty good. 12 and Not 4, bad, man. 8 and 8, 10, 10 and 6. Mr. Playoffs. Yeah. Hey, you oh. remember Coughlin in that infamous video? And they can all kiss my ass. Whenever he he was he had us in that locker room in Washington, we went ten and six. We knew we weren't going to make it. You were five minutes early to the podcast. Are you still a five minutes early guy? Man, you know it, man. Yes, I don't even wear white socks because of Coughlin, man. That's <laughs> I don't awesome. Not one pair of white socks because of him. I got fined <laughs> That's one crazy. time coming off the elevator, man. And he said, you know, that was when I first got signed. When I first came up there, and uh, you know, I didn't know. You know, obviously, I got white socks on, and you know, Wait, he still hit you. Yeah, he He's got still, me. What? Wow. Man, I'm going to play with fines, man. New guy. Yeah. Give me that money. <laughs> yeah, give me that 5K instantly. I said, what? White socks? Like, come on. No white so clothes. No I, white never socks. Wore, I don't wear white socks no more. That is too funny, man. Nope. That's great. Black socks it is. <laughs> DA, tell the people where they can find you before I uh, wrap this up, man. Man, on IG, uh, you guys can catch me at uh, dhagen80. Uh, also, uh, you know, if you guys are out uh, looking for some homes out here in Arizona, man, or just got any questions about the real estate game, uh, uh, you can hit me up at DerekHaganAZ.com, and uh, you can take a look at my free buyer's and seller's guide. Or if you're just looking for a home evaluation, uh, go ahead and punch your information in, and, uh, you know, you get what you need. We appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man, it was good to see you. Glad you're doing well. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Got to get back on to talk some, talk some Giants football. So always fun, man. Good seeing you guys and keep doing your thing. That's for sure. All right. For sure, man. We're going to hold you to that. Now let's hear from the Scotsman. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, as players we talked about in the locker room, you know, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So even if you think you're doing something all the way right or doing as much as you can, you know, there's always more to give. Everybody has to change. Starting with me. Um, and everybody trickling down the offense, defense, special teams, everybody, even coaches included, you know, it was just, we have to look ourselves in the mirror and try to give more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And that says cheerio to episode 163 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Andrew Harps, and the intern, Mason Bardecchio, for producing the show. Lawrence, Subscribe to uh, Oh, you're back. Oh, I'm, I'm back sorry. More. I've interrupted. I'm terribly but, sorry. I, what do we watch here? I mean, this season is just a colossal disaster. What do we do the rest of the season? Should we break down like game tape of bagpipes? Like, what do we do for the next 
six to eight weeks. Well, we can talk about the lovely Scottish cuisines that are famous in the homeland and maybe the construction of backpipes. Subscribe to Blue Rush or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Watch full episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Love saying that. Just follow the Blue Rush playlist. Give us a wee thumbs up and comment below. Do you want Caleb Williams? For Brandon London and Derek Hagan, I'm Lawrence Taines. We return for our Blue Rush preview podcast on Thursday. Holy cow, that's going to be sad. To preview the Giants matchup with the Bloody Cowboys. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks. Cheerio!